Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. Hey, you guys, welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. My name is Hallie Townsend, and I'm going to talk with you guys today about just what God's word says about suffering and suffering in the area of just mental health. You guys, growing up, I loved watching these war movies with my dad. I loved, like as a kid, sitting on the couch with my dad and getting one-on-one time with him watching a good movie. We always would sit around and watch these action war movies together. I don't know what it was, but I loved like the action, the thrill. I loved the story of an, an underdog team finding a victory. I loved the concept of good versus evil. But I think what I loved even more than the storyline was honestly just that quality time with my dad. I loved the time that we spent together. My dad would take us to Blockbuster and we'd pick out a movie. And as we took it to the register, you know, on the side by the counter, there's that last minute deal where they're trying to get you to buy candy and it's a two for three dollars for candy. I'll grab a couple of those boxes and we'd head home. My dad would make the most buttery popcorn, that movie theater butter popcorn, and we would just go off to the living room to spend the rest of the night watching these movies together. Man, my dad and I had tons of stuff like this in common growing up. We bonded over so many different things. Whether it was our love for movies or sports, I even watched wrestling with my dad, NASCAR, and I'll never forget on Sundays, we would always go and get a bucket of KFC fried chicken. I just loved the things that my dad loved. Gosh, do you have any memories like this growing up with your family? Could have been with your dad or your mom, a sibling or a cousin. Man, maybe it was your dad cheering on the sidelines at your soccer games. Or maybe it was your mom being involved in your elementary school field trips or bake sales? Or what was it about when one of your parents or a sibling would come to school and bring you lunch? I remember walking to the cafeteria, my head was held so high and I was like, yeah, that's right. I've got lunch from off campus. Or for me, it was Christmas morning. My sister and I would run down the stairs. We'd turn the corner. Our stockings are overflowing with gifts and just a sea of presents everywhere. I will never forget those mornings with my parents. Man, and while we all have some really fun memories probably growing up, we also might have some embarrassing ones or even moments that left us feeling a little bit hurt. Maybe your mom was a little bit too involved in checking your grades in grade school. She was emailing your teacher in the middle of the school day asking, hey, how can my daughter or how can my son pull this grade up? How could they get some extra credit? By the time you came home, she had a list of things that you could do to bump your grade up in Mrs. Smith's class. Or maybe it was your dad kind of pulling your coach aside and giving him some quote-unquote coaching tips for the second half of the game. I even remember one time my senior year of um, high school, I was the captain of my volleyball team, and it was my mom's responsibility to decorate the locker room for our home game. My mom blew up these pictures of me from when I was a kid standing by this lake in my underwear and floaties, and she put them all over the locker room. I was so embarrassed. I kid you not, you guys, to this day, I still get screenshots of that picture sent to me. It's on all of my friends, like caller IDs. And while I have so many memories like this that were fun and kind of embarrassing, the ones that are kind of most deeply imprinted in my brain are the harder memories. And growing up, while my childhood was incredibly fun, my family also had our fair share of just hardship. 
Yes, while my dad was cheering on the sidelines at my soccer games, he then did start pulling aside my coach and giving him coaching tips. But then my dad would find himself behind the coach's bench every game. He'd be yelling and screaming, encouraging me, but then it just became a little bit overboard. One season when I was playing soccer, my dad signed me up for lessons with a German goalie coach. It was so much. This guy was too intense. I was in sixth grade. And then there were seasons when my dad just wouldn't even show up to my games at all. He just wouldn't be there. Parents would ask me, Hallie, is your dad coming? Or I haven't seen your dad in a while. Will he be around? It was just so up and down, so come and go with him. I found out later on in middle school that my dad was diagnosed with bipolar depression. When my dad was healthy, he was everyone's favorite guy to be around. He knew every person on my team. He knew all of my friends, family members. He was the coach of every one of my teams growing up, my Sunday school teacher, so involved. But when my dad wasn't going to counseling or taking his medication regularly, you never really knew what you were gonna get with him. On the other hand, my mom and I, we had like a pretty solid relationship. I could go to her and just process hard things. I could cry with her. I could talk about things I was struggling with. But as I got older, our relationship also started to get pretty rocky. My mom struggled with drinking. When I was younger, I didn't notice it as much, but as I got older and my dad got more and more sick, her addiction grew and really quickly started to take up more and more of her life. My mom battled with MS, multiple sclerosis growing up, so her energy level was pretty low for most of the time. So at night, she really used drinking as an escape method to get away from all the hard stuff that was happening with my dad. It was a coping mechanism for her to just escape in her mind. So growing up with two parents who just really dealt with their own fair share of brokenness, this really instilled in me some unhealthy tendencies. By the time I was in middle school, I was diagnosed with anxiety. And a few years later, I was also diagnosed with depression. I really struggled with suicidal thoughts towards the end of middle school and the beginning of high school. I played this role of like the peacekeeper in my family. I wanted to just make sure that everybody was okay. If I could make my, my mom laugh or my dad smile, I just wanted to keep the peace. But while keeping the peace, that meant I just had to be on all the time. And it left me feeling pretty on edge and anxious a lot of the time when I was at home. And so since time at home was really draining, I began to struggle in school. I never really let anyone know that anything was going on on the outside, but I was really struggling. A few years later, my mom had gone to rehab by this time, but had relapsed. My parents had also gotten a divorce and my dad's depression was slowly starting to take over. Man, I watched him as this disease just ate away at the person that I knew, at the dad that I knew. He truly became just like someone else. My dad attempted to take his life twice my sophomore year of high school. And both times, somehow, I ended up calling 911 just in time for an ambulance to arrive. Looking back now on that time period in my life, I really see the Lord's hand in all of that. But after my sophomore year of high school, my dad was successful in taking his life. And I was the one to find my dad. At 16, I'd lost my dad to his struggle with bipolar disorder. 
You guys, I share all of this and I know it's a lot, but I share this with you because I get it. Whether it's a sense of loneliness you guys have struggled with, grief, depression, even suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's just anxiety or an eating disorder. Or maybe you've been questioning, God, where are you? Do you see me? Do you see my friend that's been hurting all semester? What are you doing here? Like, when is this gonna end? Gosh, I get it. I know I can't relate to everything every single person has ever walked through, but I can empathize with a pretty decent amount of hurts and sorrows. The Lord has really written my story and it has allowed me to walk through a fair amount of suffering so I can help other people as they're walking through suffering. But he's also brought me a lot of healing over the last five years. And he's given me a really huge passion to share that with others. And I know that was a lot of information. I share that because, man, we're just going to rip the bandaid off. And I want to tell you guys what God says about this subject, because he has a lot of thoughts here. But before I jump in, I just want you guys to think to yourself, man, have you ever experienced a season of deep hurt or struggling mentally? Man, what are some of your doubts when it comes to seasons like that? And how do you see God moving in seasons like that? Take a couple minutes to think about that. You guys, there's no doubt that mental health is an issue. Man, you can see it all throughout my story between my dad, my mom's addiction, and even my struggle for the last 10 years with anxiety and depression. Man, it is an everyday thing for me to choose to understand myself and to take a step forward and trust God. And I just want to clarify what I'm meaning when I say mental health. The definition of mental health is a person's condition with regard to their physiological and emotional well-being. So that means that mental health ranges anywhere from being diagnosed with a psychological disorder to even our emotional health on a day-to-day -day basis. This could be struggling with anxiety for a couple days out of the semester and maybe having a panic attack. This could be you just struggling with loneliness for a short season after a breakup. This can also be you struggling with diagnosed depression or having a parent that struggles with mental health. And so I'm gonna use this phrase mental health, but mental health actually falls under the larger umbrella of this category of suffering. Mental health really is a form of suffering and it is not new to God. God has talked about this issue since the beginning of time. Man, we're gonna look at what God says about mental health and suffering just from the scripture. We're gonna look at a couple examples of people in scripture that dealt with deep sorrow or depression or just mental struggle and how they dealt with it. Then we're gonna talk about, man, how does God use our suffering? Like, what is the purpose in that? And then we're gonna wrap up with, okay, now that I understand how God uses suffering, how do I find healing? How do I move forward from this? But before that, when I was looking into this topic, you guys, I just wanted to learn, man, how does this topic affect college students? How does emotional and mental struggle affect college students? Man, when it came to suicide, suicide was the second leading cause of death for college students. It says that nearly every 40 seconds, somebody is struggling and making the decision to end their life. One in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year. That's 20% of people. And lastly, it said that 41% of college students reported struggling with anxiety. 
Man, and in this season of COVID and a pandemic, I would say that that number is severely a lot higher. Man, and so we are not alone. We're clearly not alone when it comes to just struggling. We can all relate to hurt and struggle, no matter if we are believers, non-believers, rich, poor, college students, or living at home. Struggle is relatable to everyone. And so I wanna look at just a few examples of suffering in scripture. I picked out four characters that I really think dealt with emotional suffering and had an interesting understanding of what they were walking through. The first one is Jonah. Man, you guys probably recognize Jonah from the story of Jonah and the whale, but I wanna give you guys just a little background on who Jonah is. God called Jonah to go and preach to this people called the Ninevites. And Jonah just was not about that. He said, you know what, God? No, I'm going to run all the way in the opposite direction of Nineveh. I don't want to go and do that. I'm angry at you. I don't want to do what you've called me to do. So as Jonah is sailing off in the opposite direction, a huge storm comes over him. God is trying to get his attention. And Jonah knows that. Jonah jumps off of the boat and is then swallowed by that huge fish. And then God saves him. The fish spits him out and God gives him a second chance to be obedient. God says, go and preach the message of the gospel to the people of Nineveh. And God's mercy moved, you guys, amongst all of those people. They all ended up turning and trusting in God. And instead of rejoicing, you guys, Jonah got mad. In Jonah 4.3, it says, Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. In verse 9, it says, I am angry enough to die. You guys, Jonah was wrestling with this anger and bitterness and just resentment towards God. That was leading him ultimately to just want to die than to rather live. He was even struggling with depression, struggling with this thought of taking his life. Man, have you guys ever experienced an anger or a loneliness like that? Have you ever experienced a resentment or a bitterness towards God that you just wanted to avoid him and that led you to run the complete opposite direction? Man, I can identify with this. My freshman year of college was my Jonah year. I straight up just ran from God and I didn't even know that I was doing that at the time. But after what had happened with my dad and my mom continuously struggling with her addiction, by the time I got to college, I thought, man, it's about time to spend time doing what I want to do. And so I just jumped into the world. I jumped into the party scene. I had a fake ID. I was learning how to smoke weed and teaching my friends. I was just all about guys in the party scene. And one summer, God just brought me to my knees. It was like a fish had swallowed me and spit me out. God gave me this second chance. And my eyes were opened up to the goodness of the gospel. It led me to repentance. And I turned to God. But man, I had an angerness. I had a wrong belief about God. Have you ever had a wrong belief about God that makes you run away from him? Man, what I learned from Jonah is that he just struggled with this anger towards God, and that led him to avoid God. The second character I want to walk through is Hannah. Hannah was described as a woman with a sorrowful spirit. You guys, in this day and age, it was a woman's purpose to take care of the household, care for her husband, 
and to bear children. It was Hannah's greatest desire to have a child with her husband, but it says that the Lord closed her womb. Night after night, Hannah would weep and she wouldn't even eat. I can't even imagine, you guys. Imagine just the loneliness. Imagine that insecurity. Imagine even just the anxiety Hannah was probably feeling. She just couldn't even have a child. The one purpose she felt like her life revolved around, she couldn't even do that. I love in 1 Samuel, it says, In her bitter distress, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping with tears. It says she made a vow, pleading, Lord of hosts, if only you'll look upon my affliction and remember me. You guys, what I love about Hannah is that she didn't go to God after her distress had passed. She didn't go and call a friend and talk about this lonely moment or this anxiety she was feeling, but she went to God in that distress. What I learned from Hannah is, man, we can be dealing with anxiety. We can be dealing with an overwhelming amount of emotions, but God wants us to come to him in our emotions. Hannah knew how to come to God in her distress. So are you, are you running to God with your hurts or are you running to something else when you're struggling with worry or loneliness? And then secondly, what is that thing? What are you running to? My tendency is to call a friend. When something hard happens or I get hard news, I want to just text people. And while that's not bad in and of itself for me to reach out to community, I really feel like God has been growing me in the last couple of years and saying, Hallie, I want you to call me first. I want you to come to me first. Will you come on your knees or even just in your car and pray to me? Will you come talk to me? Because when I go to friends or when I go to numb out and watch TV, by the time I come and talk to God about it, half of my emotions are gone or I've even forgotten what I wanted to talk to him about in the first place. And so are you going to God in your distress? The third character is Jeremiah. You guys, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. God called him to preach, but he forbid him to marry or have children. Jeremiah wrestled with loneliness, feelings of just being defeated, and an inward insecurity. He was rejected by a lot of people. People just turned away from him. So you guys picture this. Jeremiah is living alone. He doesn't have a wife or kids. He's ministering to a people group alone that's continuously turning away from him. He's poor, he's ridiculed, and he's just insecure. Man, but in the midst of this, it says that he displayed a great spiritual faith and strength. Even though he was wrestling with despair and failure, he was going to God, similar to Hannah. In Jeremiah 20, 18, it says, Cursed be the day I was born. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow to end my days in shame? Jeremiah was understanding of the emotion that was going on in his life. But instead of burying them, he just handed them to God. One thing that I love is the book of Lamentations in the scriptures. If you guys aren't familiar with Lamentations, it's a book all about despair, sorrow, grief, devastation, all the happy things. Just kidding. But God has a whole book in scripture about these hard emotions. And Jeremiah is the author of that book. God used Jeremiah's hardship to teach other people. 
I think that this just goes to show that God cares about our emotions and our struggles and our ability to express them. And so what I learned from Jeremiah is how to express my fullness of emotions to God. Having a strong emotional awareness about ourselves gives us freedom. It gives us peace in our lives instead of distress. So how are you going to God right now in your emotions? How are you growing and knowing those emotions more? And the last character I want to look at is Jesus. Jesus himself. And Jesus was deeply anguished over like the path that God had laid before him. He knew that the road before him was filled with suffering and hardship, and he knew that it wasn't going to be easy. He knew that his life's purpose was to die for a people group in order to be reconnected with the Father. Isaiah, who's a prophet from the Old Testament, described Jesus as a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. That verse like rocks me, you guys. That is not like just a man in scripture. That's not like a prophet or a disciple that Isaiah is talking about. That's Jesus himself, the King of Kings, the man who is fully God and fully man. It says he was acquainted with sorrows and grief. Man, this makes me feel so assured that whatever we face, Jesus just understands our weakness and our suffering. When I'm going through times of temptation or despair or just like wrestling with doubts, Jesus is like, I've been there, Hallie. I know what that feels like. You are not alone. We have a high priest who empathizes with with us in our weaknesses and temptations. In Mark 14, Jesus says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. He begs God, will you please remove this cup from me? But then he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. And so I think this goes to show that while Jesus was grieved and that he didn't want to go and take the cross, he's begging God for any other way. He, at the end of that, trusted God and said, you know what, God, but at the end of the day, I want your will to play out and not my own. He had a deep trust in what the Lord was doing. I love that on the good days and on the bad days that God does not condemn us. He doesn't condemn our questioning or our doubts or our pain. He doesn't tell us to just tough it out or, you know, take another step and just like hedge on. But Jesus crawls into that pit of suffering with us. He reaches down to us and he guides us out in his timing and truth. So where are you struggling to trust God right now in hard circumstances? Like Jesus, where are you struggling to trust God really deeply? I want you guys to look back over these four characters, Jonah, Hannah, Jeremiah, and Jesus. And I want you to think about, man, who am I relating to most right now? Jonah, a man who just had a wrong belief about God, was struggling with anger and was turning away from God. Hannah, a woman who went to God in her distress, but was overtaken by truth about her life. Jeremiah, struggling with loneliness and not getting to be a husband, but he had an emotional awareness about him. Or Jesus, having a deep trust in God. Who are you relating to right now? Okay, our second point, how God uses our suffering. But I think before we get into this point, I want to answer two quick questions that are just natural questions we think about when it comes to suffering. Like, why would God even allow suffering? Couldn't he just stop it right now? 
man, I think about that all the time. When I was growing up and it was just event after event in my life, I just was like, God, please end this. Like, why won't you just end this? And you guys, scripture says that he will. He has promised to end suffering. In Revelation 21, 3 through 4, it says, Those who overcome will be the sons of God. He will wipe away all pain and tears. God desires all to come to know him and for suffering to come to an end. That gives me so much hope that one day it's just not going to be like this. We experience suffering because we're in a world that's not our home. And until we get to heaven, we will experience continual suffering and hurt. The second question is, well, why hasn't he done it yet? Like, okay, Hallie, why hasn't he stopped suffering then? And the, the answer to that just comes in 2 Peter 3, 9, when it says, The Lord isn't slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You guys, the reason he hasn't ended suffering yet is because he is being slow with us. He is being patient with us for more and more people to come and know him. Every day that we wake up, we get to be reminded that the gospel is true for us again that day. But God wants more people to come to know him. This just gives me such an urgency for the gospel. I have an urgency for my mom to come and know Jesus. So what is God's purpose in our suffering? Man, I was looking throughout scripture, and I think that there's five main ways for God's purpose in our suffering. The first one is repentance, just like what I was talking about in 2 Peter 3, 9. God uses suffering for us to come and see him. My time in college, I had my freshman year, like I mentioned earlier, and I just was overcome by burden, by anxiety, by loneliness, that I truly fell to my knees And I looked up at God and I was like, oh my gosh, you are better. Like your way is just better. I believe you. I believe truth. So suffering brings us to repentance. The second purpose in suffering is for reliance. God is wanting us to rely on him. It's a call to trust God and not to trust the world. God's saying, hey, don't trust these things around you. These things are fleeting and they will perish. But would you trust me? I am sovereign and I am eternal. I am truth. The third one is righteousness. It says that we come to share in his righteousness and holiness. The Lord disciplines those that he loves. It might be painful at first as we're walking through suffering, but it's so that we can produce a fruit of righteousness. God wants us to be more like Jesus. Man, suffering even in day to day is for us to look more and more like Christ. The fourth one is reward. A reward. Man, when we get to be in heaven with God, we get to be in his future glory. We get to be in paradise with Jesus. And so, man, any suffering that I experience on this side of heaven, isn't that so worth it in order to be forever with God in heaven? Romans 8, 17 is an incredible verse for this one. It says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. 
He says, hey, there's one day that we'll get to be together and this suffering will be over. Man, what a reward. The last one is reminder. God uses our suffering for it to be a reminder of the gospel. It's to remind ourselves and to remind others of Jesus's sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 says, Hey, I want to use your suffering that you've walked through to help other people walk through suffering. God has really used this verse in my life the past two years to heal me from a lot of my past hurts, but he's really encouraged me to go out in vulnerability and to share my hurts with other people. I really believe to empathize with others and help bring them to know the gospel. Man, how could you be using the hurts that you've walked through to help other people see Jesus? Okay, so now that we walked through these first two points, the last one is, how do I find healing? Okay, I've understood that I need to bring my emotions to God, or I know that I need to maybe think back through my past hurts, but how do I move forward from here? And I think when it comes to our mental health, you guys, finding healing is truly like being on a battlefield. And I know that sounds a little interesting, just stay with me, but each day you really do have to choose to fight and to take a step forward, even when you can't really see the way out. So whether it's like a medical diagnosis that you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life on this side of eternity, or maybe it's just something you're going to have to deal with for a short season, like a breakup, a broken heart, hurt, loneliness, I think God is just telling us, take it one day at a time. Okay, so go back with me to that love of war movies that I talked about at the beginning. My favorite war movie to date is Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg. If you haven't seen it, this is a plug for the movie. It's so good. Go and watch it. But Lone Survivor is all about Michael Murphy. He's a U.S. SEAL officer, and he's in charge of leading his team of four men to kill and capture the top Taliban leader at the time. After this run-in with a local villager, their mission ends up becoming compromised and this small SEAL team finds themselves up against hundreds of Taliban forces. Four men versus hundreds of Taliban forces. You watch them for the rest of this movie as they just struggle to defend themselves, to stay alive, and to also get their walkie-talkie to higher ground to call for help. These guys were in completely unknown territory They had limited supplies, and they were truly being attacked from all sides. All they really had was each other. They sacrificed everything for each other. Man, have you ever found yourself in a place like that? Obviously, I hope not, in Afghanistan fighting alongside Navy SEALs. But just in a season that was dark and hard and unknown, one that feels scary, Have you ever felt like your faith is running low or you just feel like you're under attack? Have you ever even thought, God, I made the decision to turn and trust in you and follow you. Is this supposed to still be this hard or why do these things continue to keep happening to me? And I think as we saw in the scriptures, it's not uncommon for believers to walk through these kinds of hardships, even into their walk with God. But we are not alone. Jesus is with us, and he always provides a way out. You guys, I've been walking with Jesus now for seven or eight years, and I still have walked through really hard seasons of suffering. In fact, three weeks ago, I walked through a really hard event in my life. 
And I was literally driving home about to plan this talk. And I just prayed to God. And I was like, God, are you kidding me? I felt like I've been in such a good season. I've walked through so much healing. And I want to encourage these people, like whoever is going to listen to this, I want to encourage them with truth of what you've taught me, what you're doing. And now I'm in this pit again. I feel like I don't even know how to explain any encouragement to them. And I felt like God stopped me and said, Hallie, that's just it. It's not about what you could tell them. It's not about what you can do, but it's about what I can encourage them in, what I've done. Basically, God was telling me, man, it's because of Jesus why they can be encouraged. It's not because of my story. Yes, we can use our stories to relate with people, but when we are giving them hope, it's not hope that, yeah, I walked through that and I came out of it, but it's hope because Jesus is the one that provides a way out. And so... God also gave me just two things that have been really helpful to me that I wanted to share with you guys. And so sticking with this battlefield imagery, two ways that we can find healing in the midst of mental or just emotional struggle and suffering is the first one is who is your battle buddy? Who is someone who knows you 100%? You've shared them your story backwards and forwards and they just know you well. Man, would you open up your inner circle? Would you push yourself to live in the light? Would you share your hardships, your habits, your hangups? And I'm going to encourage you guys not to just do this with one or two people, but I challenge you to do this with five or six people in your life. Yes, start with one person, but I really challenge myself to open up my inner circle lately because that many more people get to come alongside me in prayer. They get to come alongside me as I'm fighting temptation, as I'm fighting these dark thoughts or anxious thoughts. So who is going to be your battle buddy? The second one is what are your battle verses? What truth are you going to cling to? What truth are you going to pull out in the middle of the night when you're having an anxious thought and you need to change your mindset to truth? Over the past three weeks, I have been fighting hard to keep my mind centered on truth. But there are just some moments where my emotions overtake me. I'll be driving and I'll be thinking about something and I'll just start crying and my mind will go down this tunnel of thoughts. And I just called a friend. It's one of my battle buddies. And I said, hey, can you please share truth with me? I'm struggling. Just pray over me. And I shared my battle verses with them. And I said, will you just help share these truths with me? Will you just help share these truths with me? And my friend just would pray over me. And because of her prayers, God just used his truth to cover my heart, to bring me peace. And so what could three to five verses be that you could memorize? What could three to five verses be that you pray over yourself? These just need to be little quick truths. They don't need to be long verses. Man, one of mine is truly that 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 verse. God, I know you're using my suffering to help other people walk through suffering. You have not left me or forsaken me. This suffering is for a purpose, for an eternal reward in heaven. God, you've moved in my family so much and you will not leave it without completion. What are little truths that you can tell yourself? And then just adding on to that, you guys, is who is an older man or woman that could really speak into your life? Somebody that can help you identify what struggles you're dealing with right now. Like Jeremiah. Would you find someone that could help you grow in your emotional awareness to understand where you've been, where you are, and how you can take a step forward? Allow an older person to speak into your life. 
Would you let someone come in who just is a few steps ahead of you to just give you counsel, to give you encouragement? Man, I've had men and women that have just been able to speak into my life that there was a season that when I came on staff with Stumo, they said, hey, maybe it would be a good idea for you to go back to counseling. It's not because they didn't want to walk through that hurt with me, but because they saw, man, I was overwhelmed with these burdens and I needed to go and process through it. Maybe you're in a season that you need to go back and get some counseling. Or maybe you're just in a season that you need to find a battle buddy or an encouragement group to get involved in. Two resources that I want to share with you guys um, are John Piper's book, When the Darkness Will Not Lift. This is an incredible resource when it comes to depression, sorrow, grief, loneliness. And then another one with just anxiety or maybe an eating disorder, racing thoughts or OCD um, is Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. You guys, I have loved getting to look through what the scriptures say about suffering, what God thinks about suffering, his purpose in that, and then just how we can heal from that. You guys can find more podcasts like this on the Apple Store or Spotify by typing in SMC 2021.